Howdy, y'all. You've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you have found your way here, and we are very excited to be joined by this week's guest, Martha Santos. I met Martha through Cattle Raisers, and then now we both live in Fort Worth. So she and I have hung out some, and she's convinced me that I need to go to White Elephant. So in return for doing the podcast, I promised to make an appearance at White Elephant. (laughs) But Martha, thanks for joining me. If you want to get started, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, So I am from Laredo, Texas, grew up on the border. my family always, well, my dad always had me like involved in the outdoors. My uh, vacations were always at a hunting and fishing expo or something ag related. So I am a product of my environment is what I'd like to think. Um, and so I went to TCU undergrad, did the ranch management uh, degree. Um, I went back to South Texas after I graduated and was managing a couple ranches in the area and decided to move back to Fort Worth this past summer uh, and I'm doing the TCU Energy MBA degree. Talking about, you know, getting into ranching, how did you decide TCU Ranch Management? And like, talk a little bit about what that program's like. Uh, So my intention was to be an Aggie. Um, I was gonna go the animal science, large animal vet route, um, but chemistry, freshman year not not it for me um so I knew I wanted agriculture and I had a friend that told me about um TC Ranch Management's program and said that I would get all the ag um the vet experience that I would want and just kind of see all sides of the industry and then go from there and figure out what way to to go from like career-wise uh definitely recommend that for anybody that passionate about agriculture and just kind of wants to get exposed to everything related to it. Um, They call it ranch management, but they always would say it's more resource management, um, which I think is a very good explanation because you cover um, rangeland, soil and water, uh, sheep and goat farming. And uh, I got so much farming coming from South Texas. I was like, this is not at all anything that I grew up with but um I'm not going to be a farmer anytime soon but it was good to just like learn about it and get like a new level of respect um and yeah that was uh one of the best decisions I made and like it was really interesting because there's some professors there like Mr. Guider who has like an international aspect to it and um Prior to going to TCU, fun fact, my mom wanted to make sure I wasn't just a cowgirl. I don't know if I've told you this, but she sent me to finishing school in Switzerland uh, to make sure that I was well-rounded. And um, my family debates that I probably lost some of the polish hanging out with a bunch of cowboys after that year. But um, kind of, I was really intrigued by the agriculture I saw over there. And then talking to Mr. Guider about like things that TCU was partnered on, um, it was really neat. So you have not told me that. I heard you like mention it to someone in passing before, but it wasn't where I could like 
ask you about that. So that is super interesting. Uh, but you are a very well-rounded person. You can tell your mother I've, I said that. Okay. Um, I feel like if we had to get dressed up to go to something, you would be my girl. But if we had to go work cattle on the ranch, you could be my girl too. So you're the best of both worlds. But so you go home, you're managing some places and, um, you know, this opportunity presents itself to get back to Fort Worth. What made you say yes? Uh, so I was actually in Fort Worth for cattle raisers. And then I got invited to TCU for an energy symposium. And this was probably a couple weeks or a month right after the whole U- Ukraine and Russia ordeal started. And, um, I always wanted to go back and get my MBA degree just because I thought it would be an asset, um, to build my skill set. But I never wanted to stop working. Cause I also think that there's something that having experience and anyways when I was sitting there I've also just noticed like so much crossover when it comes to managing resources and land in Texas and I mean energy and agriculture have always been like crossed over but um now even more so and just with carbon and uh greenhouse gas talks and ESG standards um I was sitting there and I realized I can do both. I can work full time and go to school because the way TCU has their energy MBA structured. Um, So I came home, was working at the ranch, come back. Like I remember it was like Monday night and I was filling out the application. I didn't even do the GRE. I didn't do like recommendation letters. I just said like, I'm going to put this out there. And if it comes back, I'll think about it. But um, within an hour of submitting my application, the assistant director was calling me. Um, within two days, I interviewed with the dean when she has a background in agriculture and lo- she loved the fact that I was coming in with that background. And um, within the week, I was accepted. I was actually sitting in a turkey blind in the hill country at my uncle's ranch. And uh, I sent my family, that was like my relief uh stuff with the border obviously has changed recently so that was another aspect too where my family was like you can't be at the ranch by yourself anymore and so I was going hunting at my uncle's place in Charlotte and I was sitting there in the blind I don't know how the signal came through because no, no phone calls would come through but that acceptance letter came in and uh, I sent my family a photo of me in full camo and was like I didn't bag a turkey but I'm gonna be going back to school so um yeah that was how that whole it was a week long on a whim decision but yeah well it's been successful you are doing well in school you're enjoying life back in Fort Worth and working full-time and I also think you're crazy because I the thought of working full-time and going to school just does not sound fun but something we've talked about in our conversations together is just like living on the border, it's like every day you're fighting this battle and it's the same with advocating for agriculture. Sometimes it's really hard to continue to fight the battles you feel like you're losing every day. Mm -hmm. So why do you keep fighting the battles for agriculture and why do you keep speaking out about your experiences? Uh, I just think somebody's got to do it. Uh, It's really just like the short answer to that. But um, being that it's such a small percentage of the population producing large majority of what we eat 
think it's like 1% produces over 80% of what we eat. Somebody's got to speak up and like, I love that our industry is so old school, but we have to do like be proactive instead of reactive when it comes to like stuff in the media and how does food end up on our plate? And I thought COVID kind of did a better job of like making people aware of like where food is sourced because all of a sudden the shelves were empty, but it seems like I, I'm not surprised, but sometimes I can be really shocked about how people just think like, oh, my food comes from the freezer section at HEB or whatever. And um, that's why I try to just kind of allow the questions from like anybody, whether they have a connection to the land or not, because uh, one of the, the first place that I went to go work on when I graduated, actually, it was like the two main shareholders of that ranch were female and they said that they didn't have any connection um to it and they would just like ask me so many questions that like maybe for the typical rancher would be like they would feel like dumb answering like what's the difference between cow calf and stalker operation and i just like would go through all the basics with them and then they told me like in 20 years they had never like felt so comfortable on their own land which just like blows my mind but it's like they're also from another generation where like women weren't part of the ranching operation and mm -hmm. i just think it's really important to um have those so it could be a five minute conversation about like just sharing that background of what we do and it allows somebody to have a contact where they're like oh now i do feel more comfortable eating something like raised by um a small operation or you know just like not questioning because there's so much propaganda out there so and the same thing goes for the border I mean that that's another hot issue with me but like some people I'm like you just see if you just see what's on the media of course you can get fired up like by either side and um it's totally different when you grew up there and like see, I just saw like a lot of the quality of life just going downhill and um, not at all like what my grandparents or like ancestors really, because Laredo's got a lot of um, business and like potential there because we have the port. And um, it's just sad that we've allowed and like turned a blind eye to a lot of the crime and allowing like cartels to kind of just like take over. Yeah, I would say today, actually, I was just looking at the class sizes at Bracket, where I'm from, for Ag Day, and um, most classes only have two teachers because there's only that many kids, and when I went to school, like, we had three teachers per grade, and we were, like, pushing it, you know, and so people don't want to raise their kids in communities like that, which is totally understandable. It's really sad. I even, like, see... Um... Like a lot of people obviously in South Texas make money off of hunting as well. And like as an operation, supplementing their cattle, but um, a lot of hunters don't want to go to South Texas anymore either. Like that was a conversation typically that I had with friends of mine that were going to Mexico to go hunt. Now they're like, I don't know if I should even go to South Texas, which is just like, we're just uh, literally like making it so much harder for ranchers to stay afloat. And I mean, they brought that up at Cattle Raisers Convention this year. It's like, 
we can put up with drought, we can put up with slim margins and like freezes and all these other things, but like adding on the burden of border issues, it's just like, that is just gonna take people, it scares me that it might take people just like completely out of business. Yeah, my family and me, we rely on hunting income and we are considered like family friendly and people are like, oh yeah, my wife and kids like can't come. Like we don't feel safe bringing them. And for me, that's sad because I loved when they brought their kids when I was a kid and we could all hang out together and and run around. And then now, like you said, I mean, people are like, why fight this every day when I could sell it, go live somewhere, have a nice house and kick my feet up, you know, and mm-hmm. wouldn't have to worry about waking up at 3 a.m. because the sheriff's calling because someone's driven through my fence or my gates are open. So it is a, a hard hard topic to discuss but also a hard reality that most folks don't realize people live in Mm -hmm. so how did you decide like so you said you grew up hunting fishing at expos um but is there like any one moment in your life where you like man I want to be in agriculture for the rest of my life I don't know if there's one moment uh you can just like look at all my childhood photos it's really funny that I like swear had a happy childhood but all of like the family portraits and like school pictures everything I am just like blank stare staring at the camera and like versus the photos at the ranch and like playing with animals and like hugging steers or whatever I have like the biggest smile on my face and I just think there's like something to because even now um like connecting with like nature and like it just makes me more aware of like god and like just how big this world is and like how small we are um so it helps me kind of get out of my uh bubble and so that's kind of my pull to it and like i said managing resources and all that stuff preserving it for the future but um I don't know if there's like one moment, but I, all my fond memories like were involved with being outdoors growing up. So I think that's like all it was. Well, something that comes up through like my Instagram DMs or Facebook posts or people reach out and always wonder, you know, I do work in the ag industry every day besides growing up in it, but you work in the energy. And mm-hmm. so how do you feel like you're just as important as a producer as someone advocating for agriculture you have the knowledge um but your day-to-day is not on the ranch how do you feel that you still support agriculture so um right now I'm working as a landman but there's so much like I said crossover but things that need to get done on the land I for example was working with a solar client for a while and um they wanted to do a project in Austin and I was looking up these ranch owners and I was like I don't think the client did research when he picked out like that's where because I was like y'all realize like this is uh like a big cutting horse ranch or you know like people that are like generational ranchers and um they they kind of like would look confused at me like why not you know and I having to there's such an asset to having our background and understanding landowner perspective and like ranching because then 
when it comes to projects like that and like understanding like landowners concerns with new deals coming onto their property it's like I get it like I wouldn't want to disrupt my soil either or like things that issues that come up with that there's such an asset and that's also why my uh, dean and everybody saw like the value of my background in the classroom was because like you're gonna you have to deal with landowners when it comes to energy and if there and that's also I wanted to bring that like to be able to navigate that for me and anybody around me um when it comes from the energy side approaching us like how do um I would rather learn about it than like be proactive and learn about it from my attorney or banker, or whatever. But um, long story short is just like in Texas, like we only have a certain amount of acres and it's good to have the ranching side, even if it's like not directly related, but I'm trying to do stuff to be an advocate for uh, farming and ranching in this space um, to make sure that I brought up a question with my renewables professor <laughs> definitely made a statement over orientation weekend um I was everybody knew me as the ranch management girl but I said how for the state to meet their uh needs like for net zero goals it's like requiring uh somewhere around like 330,000 acres uh over the next two years and I just asked like is anybody doing research to see how this is going to impact our usable lands for food like energy uh, security is huge I get that but so is food security and um those are just like they they're competing for the same land and um and not at the same price either because of subsidies so um and I brought up the question like how do I how do we incentivize people to stay in ranching and farming when like there's so much subsidies behind green energy um and how is that impacting our food and those are big questions that like there's not necessarily an answer right now but it's important to have at the end of the day because like we're gonna inherit these problems unfortunately but uh yeah I think that's where like if I wasn't in that classroom a lot of my friends that are like electric engineers and uh work at like nuclear plants they like hadn't thought of that you know and they're consumers too. So, well, and when we hopped on, we got to talking about you know the most important conversations you do have with people happen one on one, and so you get to have conversations with people who probably otherwise wouldn't get to interact with someone who has the knowledge you have, and that's mm -hmm. a powerful tool in the industry of agriculture that we have in you being an advocate for us. Mm -hmm. So, if you could go back and give yourself any advice, what would it be? Uh, I think after I had such pressure on myself at like 24 to have everything like figured out, um, never would have thought I'd be coming back to school at 31, but, um, just to relax and kind of like, just trust God and his plan, like things will come at the right time and not to be such a control freak because <laughs> I was definitely putting a lot of weight on my own shoulders, uh, early twenties. I can relate currently. <laughs> I was going to say, I can totally see that, Tyler. You take on a lot. You think I'm crazy, but. Uh, I relate to that. Yeah. So 
Well, it's time for the go-to question. If you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? I think mine would say, um, look up. Just, uh, again, uh, looking above like my bubble and whatever everyday stress. Uh, I try to remind myself to like meditate on the scripture, like uh, God's ways are like higher than mine and just to trust. And I think we always, always need that kind of reminder to get out of our own way in our own head. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad we got to sit down and chat. Thank you for having me. And we're going to go to the final event soon. <laughs>